Amanda. Yeah. You know what I realized from watching this movie? What? That uh, doing a Hannibal Lecter impression of just like saying your name in particular is like really satisfying. Uh, oh, no. Like, I don't like this cold open. Amanda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I don't like that at all. Amanda. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. It's because your name ends in a vowel. Like, what would Hannibal do with me? He'd be like, David. And then it'd just be like, <laughs> like, what is he doing there? It's just Shit's Creek at that point. David. That's really funny because it's very close to how our mom says your name when she's mad at you. Oh, no. <laughs> David. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, you're right there. <laughs> Oh, that's the last comparison we'll make uh, between our mom and Hannibal Lecter this episode. Uh, <laughs> well, let's hope no so. <laughs> hey, oh, mom. No. Hey, mom. Thanks for checking out this episode for the first time ever. You get a shout out right in the beginning. Oh, gosh. If this would be the first episode she would listen to, that would be <laughs> awful. That would be so bad. Hey everyone, welcome to Adapted for Your Viewing. My name is David, and I watch too many movies. And my name is Amanda, and I read too many books. We are brother and sister, and this is our podcast for nerds, where we talk too much about movies and the books they're based on, and tell you which one is worth consuming. Yep, and today we will be talking about The Silence of the Lambs. So this is the classic 1988 novel by Thomas Harris, and the 1991 movie directed by Jonathan Demme. You spook easily, Starling. Not yet, sir. He's past the others. The last cell. I'll be watching. You'll do fine. The killer is on the loose. Keeps them alive for three days. Then he shoots them, skins them, and dumps them. A rookie FBI agent is on his trail. So if you are unfamiliar, don't worry. We'll be doing a spoiler-free chat for the first half of our episode. And if you are familiar, very likely this is a classic movie, or don't really care about spoilers on this particular book-to-movie combo, then stick around. So real quick, we're going to give you a brief summary on the story. The Silence of the Lamb centers on Clarice Starling, played by Jodie Foster, uh, who is in training for the FBI when she's asked to interview Hannibal the Cannibal Lecter on behalf of Jack Crawford, who is head of the Bureau's Behavioral Science Unit, uh, to drop a psychological profile on serial killers. But Crawford's secret agenda is to get Lecter to open up to Clarice so he can get help on his hunt for a serial killer named Buffalo Bill. Clarice is drawn into the case as Lecter starts to open up to her and is convinced that Lecter knows more than he's will- than he's letting on. When a new young woman is kidnapped by Buffalo Bill, the clock starts ticking to find the serial killer before he claims another victim. But Clarice must walk must walk a tight line between getting what she wants out of Lecter or letting him get the better of her. Bum bum bum. What a great premise. Yeah, this was this is just like a wild premise. I just love the idea of I, I mean, this is inspired by a lot of like true stories of FBI agents talking to actual serial killers. Yeah. Uh, so but man, it, what what a classic story. But um, Amanda, I guess I guess what is your first experience with this type of story? Do, do you have like a, a foundational Silence of the Lambs memory? I don't. I've never seen it. I didn't read the books. Um, I watched a little bit of the TV show when it came out, um, but I didn't. I didn't really know 
very much outside of just the cultural references that are Mm -hmm. everywhere for this movie. And uh, to the point where I thought that like FBI agents bringing in another terrible bad guy to catch another bad guy is kind of a cliche at this point. Um, So it was kind of fun to go back and see where the original came from and watch how it unfolded there. Yeah, I think I mostly remember this movie in particular from like turning it on for like an afternoon TNT movie mm-hmm. with like our dad. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's like it's like the perfect afternoon TNT edited version of a movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I feel like I, I've seen this movie a lot, but I feel like I always fall asleep at the end. <laughs> because I it's don't just, know how. <laughs> I've, I've, well, it's a type of money movie you could just like put in the background, and it is really interesting if you want to be engaged. But if you don't, and you're just like tired on a Sunday afternoon, it's also kind of perfect. Uh, so I guess like that's really the only experience. Um, I haven't really dove deep into sort of the world around this uh, kind of novel because I mean this story has a bunch of different versions of it in the yeah. media. Yeah. Did you watch the TV show when it came out? Oh, my gosh. I love the TV show, though. Really? I loved the TV show so much. I think it's one of the best television shows ever made. I'll be honest. Like, I I stand to that still. Uh, Between, like, the actual filmmaking, the story, it it is one of the best produced shows I've ever seen. And the fact that it was canceled is just, like, a travesty it is kind of wild yeah because it did really well for a long time i yeah i started watching the tv show i think i only watched first season uh because i was a huge hugh dancy fan and mads mickelson i think they're both like really really great actors uh and lawrence they brought in lawrence fishburne for it so at the risk of this becoming a hannibal tv show episode uh i wouldn't mind switching (laughs) I'll be honest with you. I could switch on a dime and talk about how amazing that TV show was. But that's pretty much as close to engaging with this story that I came to. I don't think I ever watched clips of the movie from it. I think I saw some stuff just like maybe like YouTube videos and stuff about breaking down the story because I like watching that kind of thing. Um, But I've never watched I've never watched it all the way through from beginning to end. Mm -hmm. Really? So this was like your first time fully watching the movie yeah and there was i was surprised because i thought i basically knew what the story was about and uh i read the book first and i was surprised that there were like some twists in there that that got me yeah i also forgot about the twist to be honest (laughs) (laughs) but uh why don't you tell me a little bit of book facts though yeah we're talking a lot about like tv media tell me about the book uh so there's not that much out there because thomas harris who is the author of this book, refused to do any press between 1976 and 2019. What a boss. That's amazing. (laughs) Which, to be honest, I have to respect if I was making enough money from just a couple books that I wrote, I would also never talk to anybody ever. So, yep, he's living the dream. Um, But this is his second book in a series of books about Hannibal specifically and the second book to be adapted. So they adapted the first into a movie. Um, in 1986 called Manhunter, um, which is not the same as the title of the first, uh, of the first book. Uh, but it got such bad reviews that they actually handed off the movie rights to the second, to the second book completely for free. 
which is just a crazy. That's incredible. Yeah, because this movie made (laughs) so much money. So the first one did so bad that they were like, I don't care about making money off of this trash. And then it went on to make billions, which is hilarious. I love that. Um, One of the antagonists of this of the book uh, Buffalo Bill is based on a bunch of serial killers, uh, including Ted Bond- Bundy, Gary M. Hiding, he- Gary M. Hedney- Hednick. He's a serial killer. A serial killer. <laughs> you don't need to get his name right. <laughs> he doesn't deserve it. And, so whatever. <laughs> and Ed Gein. Uh, so it's kind of a mishmash of different serial killers put together. Um, and Thomas Harris even attended some of Bundy's murder trial and sent him a copy of Red Dragon, which is the first book of the series, which is, yeah, it just, just kind of creeped me out. Uh, Harris right now lives in South Florida with his wife and volunteers at, anim- at an animal rescue center and enjoys cooking for his friends, <laughs> which is either so incredibly wholesome or in the context of this book, super creepy. So it's one or the other. Yeah. It's super wholesome or super creepy. <laughs> What about movie facts, David? Uh, so, you know, you mentioned Thomas Harris uh, was notoriously like not involved with the press. He uh, he didn't want to be involved in this movie at all. He declined <laughs> every opportunity to be involved, whether that was screenplay writing, the cast, anything. He was just like, nope, good luck with everything. Bye, guys. Yeah, uh, I got my so- check. See ya. Yeah, I mean, what a great way. Just be like, hey, I got money twice for this bad boy. I'm good. Uh, One funny thing I found out is that Sir Anthony Hopkins, when uh, he got the screenplay for this movie, he saw it was called The Silence of the Lambs, and he's like, oh, must be a kid's movie. Uh (laughs) He's like, must be a kid's movie. Oh, that's so funny. And it... I couldn't be further from the truth. Yeah. Uh, And if you've seen this movie, you know that his performance is, you know, what kind of made this movie famous. It's it's notoriously referenced as like some of the best villains in movie history. And he, uh, Anthony Hopkins, did a lot of research for it. So particularly he did research into reptiles and noticed that, you know, they only blink when they want to. Like they do it consciously. So he did the same thing in the movie. So you'll often see him like never blinking for this movie. And it's like one of the ways that makes the character so creepy. Uh, And the last thing about Anthony Hopkins in this movie is... You know, he had not really had the greatest career up to this point. So he made a promise to himself that if this movie failed on him, he would get rid- get out of acting. This wow. was like his last ditch movie. So if not for this, we would not have had so many great Anthony Hopkins content. Yeah, he wouldn't be Odin. We'd have no Odin from Anthony Hopkins. We wouldn't have uh, the... Good parts of season one of Westworld. I can't remember anything else he's in, but he's amazing. I mean, yeah, he's amazing. So, and then I he's see amazing. on your notes, on Hannibal is the best TV show ever. So, we've yeah, already Hannibal covered is that. just a. <laughs> yeah, we already covered the TV show, but just like go watch the TV show. I think it's on Hulu or something. It's pretty good. It is. Mads Mikkelsen uh, as Hannibal is the it's only other suitable Hannibal. Like he does he, a really good job. He is so good. So, so good. And the rest of the cast is amazing. So highly, highly recommend. So, David, now that you've both consumed the book and the movie in in full, not TNT versions, what do you think about the story? 
Yeah, it's kind of hard to say anything that hasn't already been said about this. It's yeah. just like a classic. Like <laughs> reading the book, watching this movie, it just I can see how so much other content gets referenced or uh, is inspired by this story, especially Hannibal. Like he mm-hmm. is, has set up that um type of serial killer character. Yeah. Uh he is one of the best villains of all time. He is still terrifying years later, both in the book and in the movie. It, he's just unbelievably effective because there is something so gross about cannibals. You like can't it, it can just never get out of your mind how someone could be so smart and so disgusting at the same time. And so, I mean, really... If you've seen any sort of content from this, that's what you're going to take away from it, and rightfully so, because Hannibal is just such a interesting character. Yeah, I was kind of surprised. I mean, I knew it was a classic, but I thought it was a classic because of how good the acting was in the movie. I mm-hmm. wasn't really expecting the story to be as good as it was um, for a couple of <laughs> for a couple of presumptions that I had. First of all, I think it's very funny that Hannibal and Cannibal rhyme oh yeah (laughs) like it's not a very surprising (laughs) bad guy name (laughs) um and i just thought i've always thought the silence of the lambs was such like a melodramatic title (laughs) it does it does feel very melodramatic and i didn't really know what it was referencing and so if it wasn't going to be something kind of very specific in the book i thought it would be kind of dumb and to be honest, like, I was shocked at how tight this story is. It's really, like, almost it's it's almost a perfect crime novel, like, an, almost a perfect, like, detective novel um, in all of its things, in all of its characters and pacing and um, has several small sub-mysteries throughout it that are all very good. And they managed to adapt it surprisingly well into a movie. Mm-hmm. And so I, I was I was shocked at how good the, the story actually is from beginning to end. Absolutely. I think it is such a complete story. Yeah. And there is especially a part at the end that like, I don't know how I forgot because I've seen this movie like a thousand times, but it still gets me every time of like this tension right before uh, everything is kind of revealed and the confrontation happens is just really effective, especially in the book. I was quite yeah. surprised by how well yeah. the book handled it. Yeah. And I can totally see why so many things try to mimic what this story does because it does it very successfully from beginning to end. 100%. Is there anything else in the book that kind of really stood out to you versus the movie? Um, I think... Yeah, I think it's just, it's really well crafted. I think that's that's the best thing I can say about the book is um, it feels very tense throughout the entire thing without it feeling exhausting, which I think is very difficult to do. Um, and to be honest, I didn't, I was surprised at how interesting each of the characters were outside of just Clarice and Hannibal. Um, I liked all the side characters. I thought like, there's a senator whose daughter gets taken and she's a character in the book. And I thought she was very interesting. There's a lot of like little intrigues that happen um, 
just like bureaucratic intrigues that they don't spend too much time on, but it increases the tension of the story that I really liked. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, I think if if you are a fan at all of mystery or detective, uh, even if you know how this story plays out, you will still enjoy this book because it does it so well. Yeah, I think it's it's just a well-paced plot. I'll say, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say some of his like character work is game breaking minus like the two main characters. I mean, I think what he does with Clarice and Hannibal is the focal point as it should be. And there's some interesting cast of characters that he doesn't spend as much time with, but I think that's okay. Yeah, definitely. Uh, I I didn't necessarily want to spend a lot of other time with them. I'll say I did consume this in a in a much different way than I do um, most books that we uh, that we do on here because I did the audiobook. Oh, really? But I didn't just listen to the audiobook. I listened to the audiobook before going to bed uh-huh. uh, because I've been having trouble sleeping. Oh, so no. I, I, <laughs> I'm just like, let me listen to audible books while trying to go to sleep. And let me tell you, not a good one to read when trying to go to sleep. <laughs> no, not, not at good all. at all. Because there is some uh, uh, gross imagery yeah. that you'll listen to right before going to bed that I would not recommend doing. Yeah. <laughs> I would not recommend that either. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I will also say in the book, I think we'll talk about this a couple of times, but one of the criticisms that this movie in particular and also that this book gets is it's, it's um, transgender representation uh, is not great. But I do think um, because the Buffalo Bill is... <sighs> It's complicated, uh, and I think we'll go into it later. But he, specific, his representation specifically as maybe a transgender man and also a horrible serial killer is tricky. Um, but I do think the book handles it with a lot more care than the movie does. The movie just doesn't seem to have enough time to dedicate it to that. Mm-hmm. Um, but the book, I think, does a fairly good job at separating and dealing with, uh, you know, this book was written in the 80s. And so um, I think it it has a much more careful hand than I was expecting it to have. Yeah, I mean, I, I think I want to talk a little bit more about the character in the spoiler section. Mm-hmm. But I would, I would, I want to push back a little bit on that. I think both don't have a great portrayal. I think looking back at it at 2020 eyes, I think they... They say it's not the same a lot, but I don't think they make a great like they're not great at explaining the difference as much. Uh, I think the book tries to go out of its way to make sure that you at least know that there is a difference. But I don't think and I and I think this has a lot to do with the time at which this was made, to be honest. Mm-hmm. Um, like, I don't think a lot of people were educated yeah. uh, about that community and I, I really do feel like this could have been made without ever mentioning that community at all. I feel like it might have been done more of a disservice by mentioning some of it. So I think there is problems with the Buffalo Bill character mm-hmm. um, that we could talk about later. I wouldn't necessarily say it ruins the story, but I, I think it's one of those things that you look at back and you're like, yeah, huh. huh maybe we should maybe we should take another look at that yeah i have some thoughts on it so we'll talk about it in spoilers um Mm -hmm. what about your thoughts on the movie david how'd you enjoy the movie 
I mean, it's pretty much a perfect film, right? Like, yeah, (laughs) I I like can't find many faults. I think, um, yeah, I just think that it's one of the more perfectly crafted movies I've seen. I mean, it deserves its like classic status. Yeah. Um, I think you could spend legitimately hours diving into Anthony Hopkins performance in particular. Yeah. I think the part that always gets me is when he's saying the word uh, Chianti. (laughs) Am I even saying it right? Like, how does he say it? Maybe I'll put a clip in here. A census taker once tried to test me. I ate his liver with some fava beans and a nice Chianti. He says like Chianti or something. Chianti and... Oh, no, he God. says like it's Chianti. Or, it's like super weird. It's like that strange hiccup in like I guess the consistency of Hannibal of being like this very high class man, but still pronouncing it wrong. And you don't know is he doing it on purpose? Is is that how he actually pronounces it? And like you're stuck, like going back and forth between. You know, is this person really as clever as he says he is? Yeah. And how terrifying is he? It's just like you could spend hours diving into the character and his performance. Yeah, because he doesn't he's not like an imposing figure necessarily. But anytime he's in a scene, you are very aware of everything he's doing. And it's very creepy the whole time. So it's yeah. I totally agree. I think uh, this movie gets a lot of hype and I think it deserves it. So a lot of times like when movies are super hyped up, I tend to be a little bit more like anybody tend to be a little bit more critical of them when I watch. I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, I guess so. No, I think Mm -hmm. this deserves the hype it gets. It's uh, I was so I watched it after I read the book. So I knew the plot. I knew it was going to unfold. I knew the twists. And even then I had a really good time watching this movie because I didn't like the horror things didn't take me as much by surprise. They were still kind of horrible to see on the screen, but because I knew what was happening, I could kind of sit back and just enjoy how good it was. The actors are killing it in every scene that they're in the, the pacing of the movie super well, all the, the setting and everything is super creepy for it. And mm-hmm. yeah, it's just a really fun movie. So if you, like me, took a long time to watch this movie, I would say go for it. You'd really enjoy it. Yeah, I was. Um, there's two things that shocked me. One, uh, I think I forget how graphic certain parts are, to be honest. Mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. there are certain parts that do actually surprise me, um, especially since, you know, since this was made you know, a while ago, yeah. the effects are all practical. Yes. And I think especially when you're dealing with, uh, there's a there's a scene with an autopsy that yeah. was so much more effective for me in the movie because of um, the use of practical effects in that scene. Definitely. It, it really hit me and it, it kind of shocked me at times. So I think um, that the use of the practical effects just made it like that extra bit of terrifying. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Also, I was a little shocked by, uh, I didn't realize the actor who plays Buffalo Bill. Do you know where else 
in the Wangert family oh, no. <laughs> like canon where the actor from Buffalo Bill is also in. I feel like I looked him up, but now I don't remember anything about him. So uh, there is this show that we watched a lot as a family. And I also binged again during quarantine time. And that is Monk. Okay. Oh, it's yeah. a show also about a detective. And the grumpy detective in that show <laughs> is played by Ted Levine, who also plays Buffalo Bill. It's just crazy. It's crazy because he looks nothing like him. Yeah. Um, now, like he looks completely different. And I recognized him solely from his voice. And I was like, I know that voice. Yeah. Weird. Uh, so, Amanda, I guess this can end her spoiler discussion. Uh, would you recommend The Silence of the Lambs? Um. Yeah, obviously, yes. This is. <laughs> I think. Obviously. I think. Um. I mean, I think if anybody has like a real queasy stomach when it comes to, like you said, there's quite a bit of practical effects. This is definitely a story about a serial killer and a cannibal. <laughs> mm -hmm. So if if you are not the kind of person who in, in any way wants to see any of that on the screen, then probably not. You've probably avoided this movie for a reason. But I will say this is probably one of the best suspense thriller detective movies I've ever watched. So highly recommend if you enjoy anything like that or if you just want to see two incredible actors in a room together. Mm -hmm. uh, what about you, David? <laughs> I mean, yeah, this is an easy recommendation. Just go just, just go, go read it. the book, yeah. watch the movie. <laughs> like, we don't even have to really go into deep detail. Like, just do it. Just like, do it. It good. Yeah. It good. Who who to thunk? It it a good thing. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, so That's our recommendation thing. is, yeah, this is some good stuff. Enjoy it and enjoy good stuff. It's like this like movie won a bunch of Oscars or something. It's almost like thunk? this movie won a ton of awards and Oscars. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But uh, let's get into spoilers, because there is some things I want to bring up. Oh, he's a monster. Pure psychopath. So rare to capture one alive. So close to the way you're going to catch him. Do you realize that? Oh, Clarice, your problem is you need to get more fun out of life. So, Amanda, what in general did you just think of the adaptation? Yeah, I thought this was a really smart adaptation. Um, the source material is really good, which is a nice start. But I think the choices they made to bring it to the screen were also really smart. Uh, you know, it's fast paced and dark and they managed to keep a hold of that tone throughout. Um, even with there's, you know, there's a lot going on in this movie because there's not just the mystery of Buffalo Bill. There's kind of a mystery around a lot of other little things. Like there's a mystery around how is Hannibal going to escape? What game is he playing? What's really going on there? And I think the movie was really smart in how they edited down the several subplots from the book into a really punchy movie uh, that just kind of hits all the right notes. So they took all of the good things in movie making from like sound and set design, which was super creepy. Um, and they edited it down like a really tight script. And then they let the actors fill up the most important scenes with really great acting. Um, there is like never a doubt in my mind that Anthony Hopkins and Jodie Foster are, 
are in the movie, right? Like they know exactly what type of movie they're going for and exactly mm-hmm. the tone. And I never doubted it for a second. Like I was never like aware that I was watching Jodie Foster in this movie. I was with her as Clarice the whole time. Yeah, I think what really struck me about how they adapted this, especially in the screenplay, mm-hmm. is there are a lot of little things in the book with uh, the FBI director. There's a big thing with a senator. There's mm-hmm. all this other small little subplots. And the screenwriter and movie, movie like skillfully recognized that the best part about this novel was the interaction between Clarice and Hannibal. Yeah. And they were like, cool. Why don't we just focus the entire movie around that, get A-plus actors to be in it, and just let them go ham in these scenes? Yes. And I think that refocusing of the plot is what makes this so good because it is a very tight story. Mm -hmm. It is something that is super hyper-focused. You don't go into every single character. You don't spend too much time on one thing. It it is such a showing of restraint because all those things are interesting in the book, but it, it never strays away from what they know the audience really wants to see. Yeah, definitely. Uh, what were your favorite parts, David? So I think, like, I've seen this a lot of times, okay? Uh, I think what actually got me in both the book and the movie is Dr. Frederick uh, Shelton. Um in the book, he is just such an annoying jerk. Yeah, okay? he's the worst. A complete annoying jerk. <laughs> In the movie, they chose an actor with the most punchable face <laughs> to play this character. It really and did. And every single scene he's in, I'll be honest, he steals the scene for me. He's just uh, the I think worst. that people get so distracted by Hannibal and Clarice that they, the dark horse of this entire movie is how just straight up, like, annoying dr shelton is uh and he steals he just steals every single scene he's in it is weird because at one point in the movie you're like you're like yeah hannibal kill this guy yeah (laughs) you're like on hannibal's side to get rid of this dude (laughs) yeah the movie ends on like a cliffhanger where he's very clearly going to eat this dude yeah and you're kind of like like, yeah yeah you're for it (laughs) You're like, yeah, dude, eat him. Like, I also hate that guy. <laughs> uh, there's a scene where uh, Hannibal is brought to a different state and he's being held in like some weird building. Mm-hmm. And Dr. Sheldon's doing a press conference outside. Yeah. And it is so funny. It's hilarious <laughs> how much of just a straight up like jerk he is for being like a celebrity doctor around a serial killer yeah it's just awful well that's the reason like his ego is literally the reason why everything is the reason why hannibal is able to escape is the reason why clarice Mm -hmm. is able to sneak in and talk to hannibal for the last time it's it's just he's like the there's so there's so many good antagonists and he is the true secret antagonist of the story (laughs) and it's very funny Uh, so I couldn't get over his performance. Yeah. What about you? What are what are some of your favorite parts? Uh, for me, Hannibal's escape is so good. It is. Oh, yeah. It is still like I knew what the twist was and still watching it in the movie was it was such a smart escape plan and it was so terrifying to watch it happen. 
and it was just is is easily my favorite part. And it it kind of um it kind of sucks all the excitement into that scene so that like the actual standoff between Clarice and Buffalo Bill is like, man, so it's okay. Cause like that part before is so exciting. Like as soon as he's in the ambulance and he pulls the guy's face off his face, mm-hmm. you're like, oh no. <laughs> and it's just exactly yeah. what you want, like a fun thriller to have in it. And I think the reason why it's so effective is because like up until this point, like there has not been necessarily any action yeah. in this movie. Yeah, it's a lot of There's people talking. There's a lot talking. of investigating. Yeah, a lot of good dialogue, mm-hmm. a lot of talking. And it all kicks off when Clarice is being dragged out of the uh, room during her last interview. And Hannibal gets to touch her. Ugh. Like, just yeah. with his finger. Ugh. And like, I know, you <laughs> just <laughs> like, bleh. It's just like how it happens. You're like, and like from there, the movie just kicks it up a notch where it's just like nonstop action that comes out of nowhere. Yeah. And I agree with you. That scene is just ridiculous. It's It's absolutely ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) And I forgot it in the book. Like I was reading the book and I just forgot about the escape scene. Yeah. And it was just as effective. Yeah. That was the one twist. I'm surprised I that was the one twist when I was reading that I didn't know about. And so reading it, I, I knew that Hannibal had to get out some way because it's a series of books. Um, yeah. and it, the story is clearly leading to that, but I had no idea how he was going to do it. Like he's surrounded by police officers. Um, they're like bringing in SWAT to like take over the building and he has to get through basically a wall of people. And that is not, his mo he's not going to gun a bunch of people down to escape so him using Mm -hmm. his wits to get out in the most horrific way was such a good twist Mm -hmm. yeah yeah and i for some reason i'm so focused like beforehand i like what i focused so much on was hannibal and clarice's relationship yeah i just forgot he escaped yeah yeah i just forgot yeah and so when he gets to escape and then he's in like some sort of latin american country ready to eat a dude it just feels good (laughs) it's just really satisfying (laughs) yeah so i'll say that and then uh, I was also not really expecting Clarice to be as interesting as she was. And I think mm-hmm. that has more to do with my expectations of the genre. Typically in like yeah. a detective story, the detective is pretty boring because they're just like a self-insert basically for the reader. And Clarice is a really interesting character. Mm-hmm. She has a really interesting backstory. Um, I think her character struggle throughout the story is really great. Um, you know, it's not just about her trying to prove herself as a... Um, FBI agent in training. Uh, it's also about her being a woman in a workplace that's dominated by men um, mm-hmm. and her trying to deal with her own childhood trauma at the same time. And so he uses her story specifically really interesting because Hannibal wants to pull more and more out of her. And she's in a position all the time where she has to keep her walls up and uh like as a woman in the workplace to like not be vulnerable in any kind of way Mm -hmm. uh including physical and psychologically and throughout the story she's especially in the book she's constantly like well i'm not going to react to that i'm not like i'm not reacting to this i know he's trying to provoke me for this i'm not reacting this not just hannibal but many other characters in her life 
And then with Hannibal, she has to let those walls down in order to get the information she wants. And so it's a really interesting story of identity just for Clarice in this, tucked into this story about serial killers that I was surprised at how much I enjoyed. Yeah, and I think, um, like, her character is really interesting, too, because, uh, you know, this entire time, Hannibal Lecter, you know, uh, where he feels smart and where his ego comes from is that he can figure people out. Yeah. Like, you see this all the time, where... He's talking to someone. He figures out their entire life story just by like talking to them for a couple minutes. He knows their motivations. He knows what's important to them. Yeah. And what's interesting about the story and the reason why at the end he just tells her, I'm going to let you live because I think the world is better with you in it is because he couldn't figure it out. Right. That she she isn't just like this typical detective type he's talked to a thousand times. Right. And the reason why he talks to her rather than anyone else is because there's just more to her than you know anyone would think and so i i enjoy that too i think jodie foster just kills it Mm -hmm. just kills it Mm -hmm. she's bringing her a game in this movie and so i will say i think this is a good time to bring up buffalo bill because i do think like her character journey um this is the only reason why i think buffalo bill's thing (laughs) the whole thing kind of makes sense in this story because um our main character's journey is kind of her her coming her becoming more comfortable with her own identity right mm-hmm. and um being comfortable with being more like using vulnerability as a tool in her arsenal as opposed to something that's going to show her weakness and um I think that's an interesting story juxtaposed against Buffalo Bills, whose whole thing is that he's killing because he wants to become somebody different. And so he's so uncomfortable with his identity that he is literally creating a skin suit to become somebody different. Mm -hmm. Um, So I do think like as the antagonist of the story, that makes sense uh, because it's so... Um, the opposite of Clarice's story. And, but I do agree that they could probably have used <laughs> a better hand at doing it instead of just saying it was a transgender issue. Um, because they don't, I mean, they don't really say that in the story. They're saying that he thinks that he's a transgender, but he's not. He's deeply disturbed. Yeah, and I think that they just they just don't, the movie in particular just doesn't it doesn't no. do a great yeah. job at explaining why. Right. And I almost feel like they could have just gone about this a different way where they didn't even have to mention that because I like can't help but think of like certain people who were alive at the time who are maybe a little bit older now who have watched that part and right. just sort of associate uh, trans culture with things like that. Right. And it, I, I couldn't not get that out of my mind where it's like for a lot of people, this was their first exposure to even understanding what transgender is. Yeah. So well, I just I like think... can't help but feel like it's problematic, but I think it's yeah. also like sort of a product of its time. Yeah. But, it's a little of yeah. both. Well, I think especially in the movie, there's a kind of a controversial scene where, um, Buffalo Bill does this weird dance to the camera and tucks himself and, mm-hmm. you know, shows off his body to the camera. And uh, I think they put that in because in the book, 
there's a similar scene, but he is actually wearing parts of the skin suit. Mm-hmm. And so I think they just didn't want to do that particular thing. And they added this dance scene instead and tried to make it horrific. Um, so I get, I get that it is, I don't know what the right decision is in those scenes. Um, I think if it were made today, it would probably be made quite differently. Yeah, and I think, uh, you know, a bit of some movie facts. Ted Levine um, demanded that that scene be in there. Initially, it was not. He thought it was integral to the character. And in some ways, yes. But again, I don't think they just did it very well. I think they they could have found better ways to do it. I'm going to be honest with you. I think the brave thing would have been to bring out the skin suit. To be yeah. honest, I'll be honest. I think that was what have what they should have done. I'm not saying I want to see a skin suit, but like, if you want to have the impact of the character, yeah, I think that is a better representation than what they did. Yeah, because in that scene in particular, the gross thing to me was that he was literally wearing somebody's scalped hair, and that's what yes. grossed me out. And so that's I, not what other people were grossed out by at the exactly. Time, and so I I do think there's some ways that they could have done it. They could have showed how disturbed and crazy he was in a more effective way uh, than what they decided to do. So, but so I, this movie is not immune to criticism for sure. Yeah, for sure. Uh, So David, what do you think the most jarring or surprising changes were uh, from book to movie? Yeah, they didn't really change that much yeah, kind of again they just sort yeah. of refine the plot mm-hmm. i think the biggest thing for me was there is such a focus on the jack crawford character in the book mm-hmm. and they cut most of it and you know what i'm kind of okay with it uh i think his character was interesting um you know there's this entire subplot of him dealing with his wife who is dying at yeah. the same time yeah and jack and hannibal kind of have this like back and forth and jack's kind of afraid after hannibal escapes that he's going to come after him and so there's a good dynamic there but uh, to be honest the movie didn't really need it it that it wasn't really the focus for me so i was okay that they cut it yeah i think um jack crawford I liked his character in the book. Um, he takes on like definitely like a Dumbledore mentor character yeah. a lot more. In the movie, he kind of comes off as a creep. And I don't know if like... Yes, 100%. <laughs> I, I don't know if it's because Hannibal su- it suggests that Crawford's only interested in Clarice for like v- some very specific reasons. Or... And like the movie doesn't do anything to... D- to not prove that point. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't go out of its way to show that he's just interested in mentoring her because she's brilliant. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I, I was a little bit sad to see that a character that I actually really enjoyed from the book was not great in the movie. Um, but I understand why they cut it. The movie's not about Jack Crawford. So it makes sense to come down. Uh, but I also really enjoyed some of the like FBI backstabbing and bureaucracy that was happening in the mm-hmm. book. Uh, but again, I think it wouldn't have really made sense to put it into the movie. But it kind of w- made me wish that this was like a mini series, like a like a four part mini series. I feel like this would make, be really good in that. Yeah, like a Hannibal TV show, like almost like a Hannibal TV show, maybe. 
Uh, I will say that the original creator of the Hannibal TV show is trying to get the rights of the Silence of the Lambs to not necessarily do a direct adaptation again, mm-hmm. but to take some more of the characters from that and maybe maybe expand into that story a little bit more. Very I'm just saying I would I would love to see that TV show come back. There was big rumors that it, it was going to come back for 2020, and then I think 2020 happened, so everything got delayed <laughs> a little bit. So hopefully we'll get maybe uh, some good news about Hannibal in the future. All yeah. the actors have already said they are good to go on board with it. That's so, kind of fantastic. I will say, though, I have read through the plot of the series just to find out kind of what happens at the end because it's a four-part book series. And I really hate the ending. So I really hope they go off book for it. Interesting. Well, I think the the TV show more specifically, is more of a prequel. Yeah, I don't definitely. know if we've mentioned that before, but yeah. it is much more of a prequel and it has to do with a different FBI agent um, who is referenced in this uh, book as well. Mm-hmm. So anyway, man, now I just want to watch the Hannibal TV show. We might we just go and watch the Hannibal TV that. show, yeah. <laughs> so what did you think of the ending, David? Okay, that knocking, uh, the door knocking scene in both the book and movie is very good for me. <laughs> I was surprised at how good it was in the so book. Well. Yeah, I think in the book it works really great because it's um, going back and forth between Clarice doing some more investigating into a town while um, Crawford and like a SWAT team is going to Calumet City, Yeah, uh, which is 10 minutes from me. Creepy, uh, right? Where I live currently, yeah. which really made it pretty real for me. <laughs> but uh, there's like this great part where uh they cut to the fbi in the book going up to the door and knocking with some flowers on a house and then it cuts to buffalo bill hearing the doorbell and so you're like okay it totally makes sense that it's going to be this person and then he goes to the front door nobody's there and then he hears the back door and you're like oh man they're gonna come into the house and totally get him and then it's clarice and you're like Oh, no. (laughs) It plays so well. It gets me every time. Yeah, it's pretty effective. And it's definitely, that's one of the, like, I recognized it for for kind of what, it kind of surprised me a little bit in the book. Um, but I kind of knew it was coming. Just it's pretty obvious. Just because, yeah, yeah, just because I've seen it redone so many times and other things that try to be like this. So uh, it was fun to see the original, though. I'm not going to lie. Um I think, yeah, I thought the ending was, you know, there's the part where Hannibal escapes. Amazing. And then there's a part where Clarice and Buffalo Bill are fighting, which is fine. And then the ending where Hannibal calls Clarice and it was like, ha ha ha, I'm still alive. Amazing again. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. So I think the ending is pretty good. I mean, they have to wrap up the story with Buffalo Bill and they have to make it exciting. Um, but I think I think that that poor girl like who's stuck in the well <laughs> and just screaming her head off the entire time. I'm like, I know that you're having a hard time, honey, but stop yelling. <laughs> yeah, this is a great part where she's like, hey, I need to go kill Buffalo Bill who's trying to kill us right now. And she's like, you will not leave. You will not leave. I'm like, dude, I understand you've had a very traumatic experience, but like. She can't help you right now. I'm sorry. Yeah, her staying in that room is not going to save both of you. <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, yeah, the um, the night vision goggles. Uh, yeah. 
doesn't really play well anymore, to be honest. I thought it was kind of silly. (laughs) Yeah, it feels very like maybe in a post Call of Duty world, it just doesn't really work anymore. Yeah, I mean, she had to face off with him somehow. And the like, I thought the book was pretty effective because you're in Clarice's head for it. So it's Mm -hmm. pretty creepy. Um, but the way it's shot is kind of funny in the movie, and so it's really hard to take it seriously. It just feels a little bit silly. Yeah, especially since, like, there's, like, this weird scene where you're, like, in the night vision, you're yeah. just, like, watching her. Yeah. Uh, and she's, and like, touching the walls and stuff, and it just feels silly. <laughs> it just, it does feel kind of silly. It feels sillier than I think it needs to be, but. Yeah. Any uh any good nitpicks though? Because we're kind of we're approaching nitpick territory. What are some yeah. of your nip- nitpicks? I honestly don't have any particular nitpicks um, that that came to mind right away. I will say it's very funny. So the little dog that Buffalo Bill has reminds me so much of my sister in law's dog. It's <laughs> it's uncanny. Which means it really is. They're not exactly the same, but it was very. funny funny to just have like i was like oh look sadie's really upset right now (laughs) and then i thought it was hilarious that she just kept the dog at the end this lady who's been like trapped (laughs) in the well having this horrific experience and she just keeps she's like this is my dog now (laughs) i don't think i'd be able to do that i don't think i would keep a dog that reminded me so much of this experience what made those parts even funnier for me is that, you know, I'm watching this with uh, Evie, my wife, and she is doing a voice for the dog the entire time. <laughs> and so, like, the dog so would be funny. running around and she's like, murder? Do I hear murder? <laughs> like, and like, was, it was it was so funny. It was so funny. And it broke the entire movie. <laughs> that would be pretty funny. What about you? Do you have any nitpicks? There is one nitpick from the book that, like, when I was reading this, I was like, okay, this in 2020 does not age very well. (laughs) And it is an exercise that the cops are doing in the book Mm -hmm. where they time themselves how many times they can pull a trigger in under 60 seconds. And I'll say that, you know, maybe in 2020, because we're a little bit more... um, aware of of violence that's happening it's kind of weird that cops would train like to shoot a gun a hundred times in 60 seconds i guess that's right i I didn't really think about it at the time i just kind of dismissed it as like a training exercise and like a test for the character but yeah that's kind of true that's a little bit weird i'm not saying it's not important to you know be able to pull a trigger quickly under you know disastrous circumstances but like an fbi officer being like hey you were only able to pull the trigger 80 times a minute i need you to (laughs) bump it up to 100 times a minute okay i mean i guess if they're trying to like increase their reaction time that would be the way to do it but you'd think they'd be practicing more like how to shoot accurately (laughs) yes but there's also um, this training sequence at the top of the movie. And I got to say, uh, she like gets a call and she's doing like an obstacle course. And I think I figured out FBI training and it is actually just a lot of ropes. It's a lot I think of ropes. That's it. It's a lot of rope walls, rope climbing, rope, 
ropes, pulling ropes, tug of war. That's basically FBI training. Yeah. I do think it's very funny that Jack Crawford calls Clarice into the office and she's like drenched in sweat because she's like in the middle of this training exercise and she's just drenched in sweat walking Mm -hmm. through like the FBI building. It's pretty gross. Yeah, it's pretty gross. It's very gross. <laughs> and that guy is just like, he had to like run the whole obstacle course to like catch her. <laughs> to like tell her about a meeting. Like the, whole, like, the whole idea of, hey, Clary, Clary, Crawford. Well, that, and then she's like, oh, this must be urgent. And she like runs all the way to his office. And he's like, yeah, I just need you to, uh, you know, fill out like this paperwork for this report. It's not a big deal. I'd be like, you couldn't wait until I took a shower to have this meeting. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes it's sometimes it's ASAP. Yeah, guess so. Uh, any other nitpicks? Nah, those were my nitpicks. It's a pretty good movie. There's not much. There's not too much to nitpick. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty good. I mean, yeah, there really isn't anything, to be honest. You could really nitpick. Yeah. Well, I guess that'll wrap us up for today. That's all. In conclusion, this is pretty good. So go enjoy some good stuff, guys. Yeah. Uh, Thank you so much for listening. Please subscribe so you can get automatically updated when new episodes come out or wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoy anything we talked about in the last hour or so, please leave us a review and tell your friends. If you do, uh, we'll make David read your your words aloud on this podcast in a hilarious voice. And if somebody would have left a review, I could have made him do the creepy Hannibal voice for this episode. A man. No, 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 no. Stop, 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 stop. A man. I don't like that. Stop. Ew. Stop. <laughs> I do a great Hannibal. No, that was bad. Uh, <laughs> you can also find us on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. We're at Adapted Pod. Just search that. Odds are you'll find us. Uh, you can also give us ideas by shooting an email to stuff at Adapted Pod. Uh, you're going to be listening to some chill intro and outro music from Catloaf. The track is Astoria Ditmars. You can find more of Catloaf on Spotify. So, Amanda, what are we doing next, huh? So, we decided to go from one class act sociopath, a story about one class act sociopath to another, and we are doing The Devil Wears Prada which I'm Oof. so excited for. Getting some more Meryl in our life, Getting huh? some more Meryl in our life. It's one of my favorite movies. The book has terrible reviews, and I cannot wait to do this oh book my to gosh. the combo. I can't. I can't <laughs> believe we're doing this now. I wish you didn't tell me the reviews. <laughs> I mean, uh, it's fine. <laughs> I mean, there's no... Who's to say? Who's to say what's good or bad in who's this Who's to world? say? That's what the next episode is for. Exactly. So tune in next time to hear all about how we rate that adaptation. Until then, Amanda. No! (laughs) Did you know? Okay, okay, fun facts. Did you know Anthony Hopkins appears for 16 minutes in this entire movie and still got the Oscar? Oh, yeah, he's barely in it. It's hilarious. He's barely in it. The dude's barely in it. Also, he never says hello, Clarice. Really? Not once. Is this like Luke, I am your father yes. type of deal? Yes, it's exactly right. And I huh. remember like our our dad makes very few like movie references, but the ones he makes, he makes all the time. And he would say Literally this all, all the, time. the time. And it is not in the movie. Huh. Isn't that hilarious? Yeah, that's kind of that's kind of crazy considering how often I've heard that my entire life from him. Yeah. Hello, David. Yeah, see, it doesn't work. Yeah, it doesn't work. <laughs> Still sounds like our mom. <laughs> she sounds like our mom.